Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast Round 1 Recap at Olympia Fields for the BMW Championship. And boy, what a, uh, a, a different playoff event we have. And joining me for tonight, we have uh, Doug Bell. Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg. Good to be with you. Um, that was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's been a birdie fest for weeks now on the PGA Tour. And finally, we get conditions where these guys are struggling. And you know who the smartest guy is? Webb Simpson. He's at home on the couch going, you know what? I'm glad I'm not dealing with that for four days. That's that's rough. That's a great point, Doug. I, I didn't even think about that. But w- <laughs> when you watch this kind of golf, we have two polar opposites. When you look at what happened last week at the Northern Trust and what happened this, w- what has happened at least in round one so far uh, here at the BMW Championship, do you have a preference? Is there one that you like more than another? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I really like them both. I, mean, I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but what Dustin did last week uh, was incredible, right? 30 under par, uh, wins by 11 shots. And, you know, he beats Rory by 28, beats Tiger by 22 shots. I mean, what he pulled off last week was something that uh, we don't see very often, if ever. Uh, I mean, you go back to those tournaments in Hawaii where everybody goes crazy. But what DJ did was phenomenal. And now suddenly, I was not expecting this, Greg. I, you know, I knew it was going to be tough. Uh, the golf course is obviously tough. It's hosted a U.S. Open. I didn't realize the rough was going to be five inches. And I didn't realize the greens were going to be as firm and fast. I mean, I knew, I heard the players saying it was going to be more difficult, but wow. I mean, this was really incredible conditions. So yeah, I kind of like them both. And the fact they come back to back, that's what I really like because we have such a contrast. I, that That's my take on it too. I, I like seeing both. I love seeing the offense that you get last week, but it's one of my favorite things about the game of golf. You can have uh, a, two completely different tournaments where you have to play with completely different strategies one week to the next week. It's the beauty of the game. It's why it's an outdoor game. Uh, I, I personally love it. But you mentioned how thick that rough was. Some reports are, and, and as Jacob has here, it, it was um, the rough hadn't been cut since last Wednesday which is just brutal. You get in five inches of rough and you even have the fear of five inches of rough and it can start to play tricks on you because that becomes a real penalty. And there's no doubt we saw that today. I'll just read a quick quote here from, uh, from Tiger Woods. It's not a golf course, which I feel like you can overpower with driver everywhere. Like we could last week. This is a totally different setup. And, and that's exactly what you saw. So what did you make of today's carnage? What did you think created the most difficulty today, Doug? Well, obviously the rough, because we saw Dustin Johnson uh, missing the fairway a few times. And really, you know, it's a, as you know, when you're in the rough like that, it's a complete guessing game. I mean, you can't strategize like the yardage. You're just basically hitting and hoping. And that, that was the thing for me, the rough. And then obviously the greens were just so fast. You know, it's funny, Greg, I was laughing because last week we made the big deal out of the 59s, right? 59 watch. I mean, we had... We had Scheffler and we had DJ. Now we're on like the 69 watch. I mean, yeah. you know, wasn't that crazy? 
Um, yeah. And Tyler Duncan did it, and uh, maybe Hideki. Um, pretty bizarre stuff, but um, I, I don't know. You know, Tiger at 14, did you see that shot he hit out of the rough where he swung like the old Tiger? Yes, and he got it on the green. He got that and one. Got to st- that was impressive. Yeah, that was great stuff. So, um, uh, I, I don't know. It, it'll be fun. And I, I do. I, here's my take, Greg. You know, a guy like Rory McIlroy, who's been struggling ever since we came back from the pandemic break, suddenly now he's in the game because, you know, it's not so much the putting, it's the ball striking. Adam Scott in the game. Hideki Matsuyama in the game. Tiger, even with 73, in the game. DJ, JT, I mean, all these guys who strike it so well and maybe haven't been putting great other than Dustin Johnson, obviously, last week, suddenly it makes it very interesting. So I can't wait. Uh, this is this is really fascinating stuff. This is the kind of setup. As the player said heading in, uh, you get into kind of a U.S. Open setup. It, yeah. I, I believe it widens the number of players who can win in a strange way because there is such a penalty in the rough. Now, I've always thought, and I, I said this earlier in the week on the podcast, that Player, there, there's a tendency in lead-ups to events when you're handicapping the course before the players actually get out there where we oversell the rough. Oh, the rough's going right. to be really thick. And then <laughs> and then players end up being able to handle it, and it doesn't end up being the penalty that it is. This week, it really does seem to be uh, an extraordinary penalty, although there is an opportunity to pull off a, a hero shot like Tiger did on 14, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on in the show. But just to put this in perspective a little bit, uh, according to Justin Ray, he said this this could be the fewest players under par in an opening round of the BMW Championship or the Western Open, which it used to be, since 1976 wow. when there were only four. Um, and in 2018, U.S. Open at Shinnecock was the last time four or fewer players were under par uh, after the opening event on the PGA Tour. It, it is amazing. And, and a, another little statistic that was shown on the broadcast, and this has probably changed since, but in round one last week, players were 204 under par combined. Today, with fewer players, mind you, 172 over par. So it was, uh, I would say, there was carnage out there. Right, Doug? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Um, and there's no cut, you know. These guys are going to be struggling through this for three more days. And I know they're all praying right now for a little rain just to soften things up. Uh, Jim Bones Mackay, who's caring for JT now, uh, because Jimmy Johnson, his caddy, is, is – uh, on the shelf for a while you know he, it was interesting he gets done with jt then he rushes to do tv work uh, for nbc so bones is really busy by the way uh but he commented how tough it was and was laughing how crunchy the greens were and and you know the wind kicked up today too i mean the wind at times was like 15 to 18 miles per hour as if they needed some other element to make it uh just this brutal test but, but hey listen i think it's fantastic it was I mean, Greg, do you think it was too easy last week? Uh, I, I think it might have been a little too easy, huh? Well, you know, it's interesting because when you have one player who runs away with it like that, I, I look at last week where the, the winning score of that tournament was 20 under par. DJ reached 30, yes. <laughs> but if you shot 20 under, you were going to win that tournament. And I, I don't think that that's too outrageous. Now, did the fact that DJ was in a runaway, did that affect players? If players were a little bit closer, would they have pushed themselves Quite possibly. But here's the thing that we've seen, and we've seen a lot of this since the restart. 
We're talking about summer months. We're talking about some golf courses that aren't overly long, that have a ton of scoring opportunities and no conditions. And as you mentioned today, when you have, when you have wind pickup and you have firm greens and you have rough and the combination of things comes into play, well, all of a sudden you get really high scores. You get one player in Hideki Matsuyama reaching three under par and you get only two other players under par in Tyler Duncan and Mackenzie Hughes. So it, it's a combination of things with difficulty. And when you um, plan a setup at a place like TPC Boston and you don't get any wind at any point during the tournament, well, the players are going to take advantage and they're going to go low. So um, I appreciate the fact that it's an outdoor game and we see variation week to week to week. So uh, to answer your question, no, I don't don't think it was too easy last week. I I think it was, uh, it was a fair test. And I think what DJ did was just incredible. Yeah. Last week, uh, you know, I always think of last week is really, there's no strategy. Let's get on the tee and let's just swing from the heels. And as long as we get us somewhere near the fairway, we're going to be okay. And the greens were soft because we we know even out of the rough at TPC Boston, we can get up there and get within birdie range, right? Now, there's strategy involved. I mean, you have to hit it in the right spot. And if you miss it, oh, my gosh. I mean, you could face a big number. So I kind of like it. These guys have to think. Um, I think the caddies are more important this week. And, 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 again, it goes back to what I said before. The guys who are great ball strikers. Adam Scott is not a great putter. We know that. Great ball striker. and. And he's right there. And Rory McIlroy, he's been struggling with a putter. But suddenly it's like, you know what? This is the kind of course I needed. I, I, I think that's what he's thinking, right? Yeah, I, I would hope so if you're Rory McIlroy. He's definitely a guy to watch. Uh, if you're looking at a, a stat model, if you're looking for a player who's going to finish well throughout, Rory McIlroy was fifth off the tee today, uh, fifth approaching the green. He sits at even par, just three back of Hideki Matsuyama. He was 47th in putting today, which is, uh, I would say, quite – usual for him at this point of the year but to back to your other point about the strategy anytime the ball is active on the ground the strategy value increases it's one of the reasons why we love watching the open championship it's why tiger has stated that st andrews is his favorite golf course when the ball's on the ground and it's moving you have to think a little bit more because now there's two parts how far does the ball fly in the air how far does it fly on the ground or roll on the ground rather and where does it end up so it definitely brings thinking into play. And, uh, and Doug, one player today who really, I, I think, did a great job with the strategy and is known for a ball, to be a ball striker. He is a, the, a classic great ball striker, not a great putter. As Rick would say, team no putt, Hideki Matsuyama. He gets yeah. in at three under par. The putting stats were helped big time with a, a 66-foot birdie putt on the 18th hole. What did you make of his round today? What did you see out of Hideki Matsuyama? Well, the one thing I saw about Hideki, um, it looked like he hasn't used a razor in three or four days. And that, yeah. that listen, I follow him a lot, and he's always clean-shaven and looks sharp. And today is a little scruffy. I'm like, well, maybe this is the new Hideki. Maybe he's been practicing so hard he forgot to shave. Um, and, and he is an ultra-talented guy who's been very, very quiet. And, of course, his, uh, you know, his biggest miscue all these years that's kept him from winning a major championship is the putter. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that's held him back. He is, if you watch him in person, wow, it is so much fun, especially on the range. And he has that little hesitation at the top, and then he explodes through it. I mean, it's a dynamite move. And, and this could be a huge win for him. But listen, there's a long way to go. Can he duplicate what he did today in the greens? Today was a little, um, a little out of the ordinary for Hideki. Good for him, though, because I like Hideki, but he needs to keep putting this good. 
He he does. You know what? The, here's the thing, though, about that, Mark. He he led the field approaching the green today. And if he can continue that, if he can continue to give himself uh, great birdie looks on greens that are this difficult. I mean, I noticed today a lot of players struggling from outside of 20 feet, especially. Mm. And, and maybe it had to do with the wind. Uh, there were definitely some shadows as the trees are kind of moving around and the light is changing. So there were there were challenges on a number of the greens out there. And, and that bodes well for a Hideki Matsuyama because even great putters are going to have some difficulties. And if you can hit the ball into positions where you're putting uphill and you don't have to deal with downhill sliders all day, if you're controlling your golf ball, you're going to be in really good position once you get to the green. So in a, in a way, his ball strike, he can lead to easier putting. He can make really difficult greens easy with great iron play, with great ball striking. So that's what I'm looking for out of Hideki Matsuyama moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> long way to go, though. And, you know, he has not had a good season up to this point. But, I, again, and we go back to the point with Rory and Adam Scott and all these guys who struggle, right? The, I mean, I think the tougher the course, the better for them because they're not scoring a lot of birdies. I mean, we saw Rory last week. I mean, gosh, what was he, 200 par? Uh, I mean, he just couldn't, couldn't do it. But now he's at a place where – you know, uh, again, the cream rises to the top of a golf course like this. The better ball strikers emerge, and that's what we're seeing. We saw it the first day. And so I think that will just continue to happen as we roll into rounds two, two three, and four. Yeah, it, it will accelerate. And you know yeah. how good of a ball striker Hideki Matsuyama yeah. is. So lastly, do you do you think he does have the staying power? I know you say he's got to continue to putt, uh, to putt really well. Do you think he can hang on with, with all this time left? Do you think he's a real contender this week? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I love Hideki. I really do. And I've followed him for years. And uh, arigato, Hideki-san. I always tell him that uh, when he wins. That's the only Japanese I know, by the way. And he, he kind of gives me one of these. Uh, so I, I feel like I have kind of a, a nice little relationship with him because he knows me, he nods, he, he waves. Uh, but I just there's not anything that he's done this season which tells me that he can sustain this for four days. Um, I hope he does. Because that would be a major move heading into East Lake, but man, Greg, there's such a long way to go. So many, 54 really hard holes to go. So we'll see. But uh, again, if you're going by what he's done up to this season, I think you have to go by the stats and what he's done. And right now, uh, that racing form doesn't look real good for this thoroughbred. You look at a player like Tiger Woods. You look at Bryson DeChambeau and num Justin Thomas. These guys, they finish with three straight bogeys. Uh, well, at least Tiger and, and Justin Thomas did, and they're three over par they only find themselves six shots back. And on a golf course like this, where the line is so fine between uh, hitting a great shot and making a, a double bogey even, that when the line is that thin, it is really easy to come back to the field. And you often experience what we experience in, in major championships, which is a little bit of a leaderboard gravity. Guys tend to, it's very easy to kind of fall back to the rest of the players. Now, I, I do like the way Hideki's swinging, but I tend to be, I, I tend to side with you. He hasn't really shown much leading in to, to prove what he's going to do. Um, I want to also give a little shout out here to Tyler Duncan. Tyler Duncan was leading for, for much of the tournament yeah. today. He was two under par, a player that's definitely going to surprise most people. He came in 32nd in the FedEx Cup and really needs a good finish this week. Kyle alluded to it on our on our Tuesday preview podcast, how important this could be for for a Tyler Duncan. And he played great. He shot, he was third off the tee, had a number of fairways out there, made the game easy for him. He wasn't great with his iron play, but did everything he had to do and led the field in strokes game putting, which doesn't hurt. What would you make of, of Tyler Duncan's round today? 
Well, uh, Tyler Duncan is a guy who I first met last year at the RSM Classic when he beat Webb Simpson in the playoff. I mean, where did he come from, right? And he's a Purdue Boilermaker. Him and Adam Shank are the two Boilermakers out in the PGA Tour. I mean, we always talk about Oklahoma State and Texas and Florida and all these schools that produce these great players. Purdue has two pretty good players, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. Um, I saw the graphic where uh, if he should win, go on to win, he'll, he'll elevate to like third in FedEx Cup points heading right. next week. I mean, what a jump that would be, right, for Tyler Duncan? Yeah. But again, a long, long way to go. A long way to go for a guy who really doesn't hit it that far. And, I, you know, I saw him coming in with a hybrid there at 18, put it in the bunker, did manage to get up and down. But I think eventually um, going in with hybrids and things like that will take its toll over a 72-hole uh, tournament for Tyler. It, it's it's tough to compete that way, especially yeah. with guys like Bryson and, and guys like Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas. Even though they're a ways back, over time, it's it's right. you know, it can happen quickly to make up five or six shots. Uh, when you have that kind of advantage. Um, now, you mentioned the college scene. Well, one another school that produces some great players is Stanford, and we had Tiger Woods out there today, which is a rarity. <laughs> it's something we're all very excited to see. Will Tiger get into Eastlake is a big question. We're going to talk Tiger next, but first, let's take a break and hear a word from our partners. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. And we're back. Okay, Doug, uh, Tiger closed out his first round, and for much of the round, it looked pretty good. He was he was even par heading into a difficult final three-hole stretch, and he, just like Justin Thomas, made three consecutive bogeys coming down the stretch. What did you make of his round today? He didn't hit a lot of fairways, uh, didn't hit a lot of greens, but he still had himself right there in the mix. What do you think of Tiger going forward? What do you think of Tiger today? Well, a couple of thoughts. First, um, I, I like the feistiness that I saw in Tiger after the round. I mean, he did hit the uh, interview that he had to do for Zoom, the Zoom interview, and then he just dispelled any one-on-ones with Golf Channel or whatever and left. And I like that. I said, that's the fiery tiger I like to see as opposed to the guy uh, who goes and sits at the picnic table with Rory uh, after the round of TPC Boston is like the kinder, gentler tiger. You know, I mean, I want to see the feisty guy that we used to see. And I saw that today. I saw him getting frustrated out on the golf course. Um, you know, Greg, I thought his iron play was pretty good. I mean, he had some really nice iron shots. Um, he was a little sloppy around the greens. Uh, usually the short game, I thought, is a little sharper. Um, and I know he works on that a lot down in Jupiter. Uh, but I thought maybe he gave some shots away with a short game. Missed a short putt there on the last hole that really frustrated him. That would have been a nice par save. So all in all, uh, I don't think he could be too disappointed with plus three. I mean, he's right there in the game within striking distance. Uh, and just needs to tighten things up. And again, I think he's in the same boat with Rory and Adam Scott and Hideki and some of these guys who've had kind of a so-so year. Uh, I think this kind of course sets up for him because his iron play is usually among the elite. I think it still is. So I, I think he's okay. It wasn't a great day, obviously, but I think it was okay. It's a disappointing way to close, right? You miss a couple short putts. It just doesn't it, it doesn't go the way that you hope. For Tiger to compete this weekend, and he's going to need to finish somewhere around uh, tied fourth or, or so, um, fourth or higher to, to move on to Eastlake, 
right now projected 59th. He started at 57th. So he's got some work to do. In order to get into that top four, which I think he can do, he's got to get the ball in the fairway. If you're gonna if you're gonna hit six of 14 fairways on this kind of golf course, you're you're not giving yourself an opportunity to let the strength of your game shine, which you mentioned is his iron play. And there's a real advantage there. Coming from the fairway for Tiger, he's going to be able to hit the ball high enough with enough spin, solid enough to get it to stop on these greens. And that's where Tiger has made his hay throughout his career. Uh, it's been the strength of his game. The most dominant aspect of his game is the iron play. Of course, there's the, there's so many other things that he did so well, uh, and I'm not discounting any, but the iron play has always stood out. And in order for that to happen so far this week, uh, he's going to have to put the ball in the fairway more. But he was 11th in strokes gained approach the green today, which which I think is is pretty pretty good. Yeah, Greg. The other thing uh, they were talking about on television, and since the PGA Championship, his ball speed has increased uh, incrementally every week. So I think what we're seeing is a guy who's getting more in a groove. Uh, that swing is kind of getting where he wants it to be. And um, I don't know. I saw some good things. I know he's not happy. Uh, three over par. And I think tomorrow's a big day, Greg. You know, I, I think tomorrow, if you go out there and go three over again and go six over par, you're you're in a position where I think getting in that top four that he needs to get to is going to be in increasingly difficult on this tough track. So I think tomorrow he needs to go even par or maybe one under to kind of put himself in position for a nice move on the weekend. I think he knows that. So, so we'll see what happens. He went off the back today. So he'll go off number one tomorrow, starting off with that par five. So uh, perhaps that'll get him in good stead with a quick birdie, and then maybe you can uh, settle things down tomorrow. And we do have a possibility of thunderstorms overnight. Maybe maybe one hits the golf course and softens things up a little bit. Yeah. I'm not sure that's an advantage for Tiger, but but you never know. We'll see what happens. We're looking at kind of uh, chances of late showers throughout the week as it goes on, um, but it doesn't look like it's going to be anything too substantial uh, as far as the amount of rain that we get. So it, it looks like it's going to be hit or miss. I think it's probably going to play firm and fast for the rest of the week. So we'll see how that bodes for Tiger. Um, but Doug, just kind of final thoughts here on, on the first round. When you look for players to watch tomorrow, is Tiger one? Do you have a guy in mind that you think is really going to show up tomorrow? Well, um, again, I'm going to the guys who strike it well with the irons. Um, and I, I kind of like, uh, like Colin Morikawa. Um, I kind of like Adam Scott and Rory. Uh, I, I think Hideki is not going to disappear tomorrow, certainly. Uh, I, I don't think his putting is going to be as good as it was today. He rolled in that 66-footer on the last hole. Um, I think Tiger will bounce back. I think DJ. Listen, he wasn't super sharp today, but what would you expect? Um, I mean, he went from real easy to, like, incredibly difficult. I mean, it's like, it's like facing a, a small college and all of a sudden – you know, here we go against Ohio State if you're a college football team. I mean, there's a big right. transition there, you know. So uh, those are the guys I'll be watching tomorrow. And let me just say this, Greg, too. Um, and listen, you've played all over the world golf. And people have told me, they say, listen, the city of Chicago and surrounding areas have the best golf courses in the world. And I'm like, nah. I mean, I kind of like the, the northwestern part of the United States. Around Georgia is nice. but And, of course, up in the northeast. But, man, Chicago's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, those golf courses, man, they look great on TV. They look hard. They look fun. They've been around for 100 years. 
I like this Chicago golf scene, man. That's good stuff. I tell you, it reminds me a lot of the Northeast, where which is where yeah. I'm from, and I, I'm certainly biased to that area of the world. And and this looks to be a little bit of a, a preview of Wingfoot. These are the kind of conditions yeah. you can expect at Wingfoot. They're expecting five to five and a half inch rough out there. You're gonna see really firm greens that are uh, rather complicated, maybe more complicated than we see this week. But <laughs> but it, I do think there is a little bit of a of a preview factor. So it's definitely something to look forward to uh i i think for me doug the guy that i'm looking for tomorrow is dj i think i yeah. think dj getting in with 71 was impressive it was a frustrating round for him i don't think he hit it as well as he could he was still 12th um in in strokes gain approach the green um 18th on the greens in putting and i think dj uh, is really a, a better putter than we give him credit for uh, we give him a lot of credit after a week like last week for sure but uh, in general he's a great putter and the harder the golf course gets the bigger his advantages seem to get. So I think DJ is my guy for tomorrow. But uh, Doug, any final thoughts? Uh, I, I'm just excited about tomorrow. I really am. You know, it's I've covered a lot of tournaments this season, and when you they've they've reached the toughest course they've faced all year. I mean, it's now East Lake's going to be tough, but I don't think East Lake's going to be this tough. Uh, when you have a par seventy with only two par fives and this rough and these crunchy greens, oh my gosh, Greg, it's going to be yeah. carnage again tomorrow. Let's, let's hard go, for, let's hard go for East Lake to get this firm, I, I think. So I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think it, you get that that wind and the firm greens and the thick. It, it's classic. This is a classic yes. style golf course, which uh, I know I know you enjoy. I'm certainly enjoying it as well. Yeah. So, uh, but that's it for our first round recap. Doug, I want to thank you so much for coming on and joining. Doug will be joining us a couple more times throughout the week, which we yeah. certainly look forward to. So, um, yeah, that that's Doug Bell. I'm Greg Ducharme. I hope you have a, a great night, and I hope everybody enjoys round two as much as we will. That's it for the first cut. We'll see you tomorrow. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.